He has redeemed our lives and he's given them purpose, value, and he's given them a future that is beyond this temporary that we, that we know and understand. This knowledge about life's limitations is given to keep us from wasting our lives. It gives us encouragement that since everything around us is going to be destroyed, what holy and godly lives we should live. So why should the understanding that everything is temporary, that everything is, um, why, no, why should the understanding that this temporary state of the physical world, why should that cause us to live holy and godly lives? Because when we devalue the temporal, it helps us so that we can fix our eyes on the eternal. We can fix our eyes on the, the goals and plans and the, the gifts that God has that will last for eternity. So speaking of God's gifts, we're going to get to the first one that we're going to talk about today. These are not in order of, of when you'll receive them. Um, this is just a, my order. <laughs> so the first thing I came to uh, was a new heaven and a new earth. So verse 13 said, we are looking forward to new heavens and a new earth, he has promised, a world filled with God's righteousness. There's a day coming when there will be a new earth and we will no longer have to deal with the frustrations, stresses, and disappointments of this broken world. The silly little frustrations of coming home to find out that the, the toilet is broken or the furnace went out, or even some of the more serious stresses that the the car is totaled, or you had a house fire that destroyed everything. Matthew 6, verse 20, continues saying, Store up your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. So if your desire is to have something that will be new and will last, something that does not lose its luster, that will never be destroyed, we have to look outside the physical. We have to look outside of the things that we can acquire in life and we have to find our joy and pleasure in the things that God has planned for eternity. Sin separated earth from God's presence. If you, you may have noticed in the verse, it said that, that, we were fi- that it was filled with the righteousness of God. God's presence, his righteousness was there. That's a, that's a big part of this. Um, there's something amazing about being in a place where God's presence is, where his righteousness is. A place, it is a place where nothing ever gets old. There's a rejuvenating power about it. Nothing will rust, nothing will decay. It's, it's hard for us to imagine because we've only ever experienced this life where everything decays, everything breaks. I was thinking about our cars, it seems like, you know, especially up here with the rust and the cold, it's like if you have so much salt that eventually the car is gonna rust and it gets so cold that sometimes it feels like if you tap the bumper, it's gonna crack. So it's everything decays. But in heaven, God's throne room never needs to be freshened up. Jesus' robe never needs to be tossed out because it's been through the wash too many times. The cherubim um, in heaven never get old and die. The angels declaring the glory of God never get so used to the glory of God and his splendor that they stop singing. I can't find a verse for it, but I don't even think that there's dust in heaven or in this new earth. In the fullness of God's glory, in a place filled with his righteousness, the new just doesn't wear off. 
Wherever we see in the Bible that talks about heavenly things, we get kind of a glimpse of this. 1 Corinthians 9.25 says that when we run hard to spread the gospel, we do it for an eternal prize, something that lasts forever. When we, uh, 1 Peter 5.4 says that when the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. 1 Peter 1.4, which we just went through a, a few weeks ago, um, and says when the, uh, it says that we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for us, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change or decay. God is going to bring us to a place where all things are new. And better yet, as far as I can tell, they stay that way. All right, the second new that we're going to come to is new bodies. As cool as it is to never have to deal with a roof leaking or a refrigerator going out, um, or even, maybe even possibly never having to clean again, I think it's even more exciting to think about someday having a new body. Um, today, the stuff that we have, it may break, um, and we may, we may have to replace it, um, we may have to fix it, but that's not the case with our bodies. We can't always do that. Our bodies are temporary, they're just sometimes they're beyond you know, gonna, what's going to last. How many of you remember a day when your body worked better than it does today? Yeah. Now, when you look around at the people around, don't stare for too long, but when you look around at the people around you, you can kind of notice the red light of wrinkles and reduced hair follicles. We have, we have this kind of, let that sink in for a minute. So there's, there's this red light that's saying, hey, you know, it's not, it's not going to last forever. It's, and, uh, and maybe that seems kind of sad. And we, can, we can try our best to preserve it, to try and preserve our beauty, to try and preserve our, our life. Um, but the best we can do is extend our lifespan. We, we can't make it last forever. All of us have heard the phrase, ashes to ashes and dust to dust. Uh, Solomon said it in this way, all come from dust and to dust all return. And Hebrews 9.27 says, and just as each person is destined to die once and after that comes judgment. I know it sounds very encouraging, doesn't it? (laughs) One day our bodies will die. But here's the encouraging part. But for those who believe, this is not something to dread. Rather, this is something that we can look forward to. As as morbid or strange as it may sound to somebody who who doesn't have this understanding or belief, this is something we can look forward to. We have a new body on the horizon. 2 Corinthians 5.1 says, For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is, when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself, not by human hands. The death of our earthly bodies is the beginning of an eternal body. In Revelation, where John is describing the new heavens and new earth, he says, starting in verse Uh, Chapter 21, verse 3, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God is home and is among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. Earlier we saw how the new heaven and the new earth are filled with God's righteousness and they're made eternal. 
Now we see that God is with his people. They are surrounded by the righteousness of God. And we see a similar result as we continue in verse 4. It says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All of these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne says, Look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, Then he said to me, write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. It says that all of these things, the tears, death, sorrow, crying, pain, are gone forever. Our new bodies living in the presence of God are going to stay that way. They're going to be new. Um, They're not going to fall victim to the same sort of illnesses and injuries that we experience now. There's no more death We are free, no more death, no more pain. And I don't know about you, but I am looking forward to that day. Uh, We all have our our, uh, squeaks and aches and pains and and, uh, to know that someday we're going to be strong. We're going to be able to have the energy that we need and no more more popping and clicking or aching or having a hard time getting out of bed in the morning or headaches or whatever it is. It's all going to be gone. The third new that we're going to look at is new life. So a new world is is amazing. A new body, even better, especially ones that are going to stay new for eternity. It's an amazing future to look forward to, but all of this is contingent upon, and it's preceded by new life. No one can experience the other two without first receiving new life. We saw earlier that these new gifts of God are preserved in the presence of God, in his righteousness. And because of sin, all of creation, which includes mankind, was separated from God. We are subject to decay, death, and ultimately destruction. But because God loves us, because God loves us, he shows us mercy on mankind. He shows his mercy on mankind. He sent Jesus to die for us. And in 2 Corinthians 5.21, this is, I just think this is so cool how it ties it all together. Um, he said that, um, it says that he, being God, made Jesus, made him, be, which is Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. A little bit different translation up there, but um, we'll be made right with God. We, have the, we become the righteousness of God. So do you see, the eternal can only be where God's righteousness is. And in Jesus, God's righteousness is given to us. So that is how the Spirit can cause us who are dead in our sin to now be alive. If you've received God's righteousness by trusting in Jesus Christ and in his death and his resurrection, we have a new life in Christ, an eternal life that starts today. This isn't a new life that we have to wait for. This isn't like the body and the earth that we have to wait for. We have a new life today. Ephesians 1, 13 through 14 says, In him you also trusted after, in him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. 
The Holy Spirit is able to come on those who put their trust in Jesus, bringing eternal life that begins now, here on earth. Jesus said that eternal life is when we know God and we know Jesus Christ who he sent. Eternal life is knowing God. The moment that we know and we have that relationship restored, that is when new life begins. So now that we have new life, um, do we just wait for death so that we can experience the new earth and collect our new bodies? No, of course not. Second Corinthians says, uh, in uh, this is chapter 5, verse 17, says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. It doesn't say that it will begin. It doesn't say that it has been delivered to you as if it were simply some sort of an admission ticket that we're going to use in the future. It says that it has begun. Um, it is because we have begun our new life in Christ that we're now able to store up treasures in heaven. Prior to receiving a new life through faith, uh, we could only store up things on earth. We only had the temporary that we could look forward to. But in Hebrews, it says in chapter 11, verse 6, that it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. That is why those who believe that they're going to go to heaven simply because they are a good person will not because they have no ability to please God because their sin separates them from him. They are in need of God's free gift and they have either rejected it or they have not really ever heard about it. When we read that our new life has begun, doesn't it kind of seem like uh, there should be something more? Like there's something next? Like what, what's next? What's after you begin and then, and then what? Um, well, there is. There's more. So we're going to continue in uh, verse 18. It says, And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of, reconcili of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. He gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation so, that, so now we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. This new life uh, that we've had birthed through the power of God's spirit, um, it, it makes us one with him. It says that our spirit and his become one. And so it makes sense that if we have become one with the spirit of God, that we, if we're living by this new life, that we would walk with the same purposes, passions, and plans that he had. And his plan was to seek and save the lost. Our new life has begun, and I can't think of a single life form that, that doesn't grow in some way. The only, outside of God, all life grows, and the same is true of our new lives. Colossians 3.10 says, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. 
Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. So if we desire to please God with our new life, with the new life that he's given us, we need to continue to be renewed. We need to become imitators of God. That means that we need to learn what he is like, what his character traits are, what his desires are, and then become like him, become like those traits. So right after uh, we're told that we have this new life, this new life has begun, the first thing that we're reminded of is that is to take on Christ's mission. Christ's mission of bringing this new life to the rest of the world, pleading with them, come back to God. Each of us here received God's mercy through the prayers and appeals made by those who didn't just begin their new life in Christ, but they then accepted the task of reconciling people to him. God has called us to that same mission. In 2 Corinthians 4.1, Paul, speaking about his, this mission, says, um, Therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this new way, we never give up. This heart of God that all would be saved as we grow in knowledge and in the nature of God, we should feel that same passion of never giving up wanting to show God's mercy to the world. Now, just to be clear, I'm, I'm not preaching just to you. <laughs> I'm preaching to me. Uh, I think that, uh, I think about how I can get too focused on things that won't last. We all do it. It's, it's, it's human nature, um, part of human nature that, honestly, we need to try and put to death. Um, we, we get too focused on what we see with our eyes, the temporary trappings of life. Um, if you're like me, you make to-do lists, you make plans. My, my uh, phone, calendar on my phone is just full of, of reminders of things that I want to do or, or future plans. Some things are necessities, some things are for fun, some things are things that are just ideas that I, I may or may not do. But I took the time to, to write them down because there's something that I feel is important that I want to try to accomplish, that I feel like there's something of value. Um, a lot of them probably are not <laughs> in the grand scheme of things. Not, not, not that you have to stop everything you do, but, but to devalue a little bit the temporal so that you can fix your eyes on the things that are eternal and, and, and find that, that balance in life. Um, and better yet, you know, I feel like God can redeem the temporal you know, you can do the things that you're doing, but you can have an eternal mindset in how you do them and be looking for God to use these temporal tasks uh, to make eternal differences. Um, but it takes, it takes a change of mindset. It, it takes walking in the Spirit, being close to God. So maybe... Um, Maybe for the new year, you made a list of things that you uh, want to do better or things that you don't want to do, like Scott mentioned. Um, but have you thought about what next steps you could make to be a better ambassador for Christ? What you could do to see somebody go from death to eternal life? Now, I'm not trying to ruin your holiday. You know? um, I'm, not I'm just trying to make us have an even greater reason to celebrate in the future. Most of the things that we do just last for a season, but 
When somebody's made new in Christ, that lasts forever. And there's rejoicing in heavens that are going to continue for eternity over the souls that are saved. Um, <clears throat> like I said, I have not been the best at this either. Uh, I feel like, um, like I have a desire to see the lost saved. I have a desire to see them experience new life, to, to, to witness more people um, be filled with, with hope when they have no hope, um, to, to go from, from being focused on things that are just going to be destroyed to something that's going to last forever. Um, I have this desire, um, but life gets so busy that it's hard to be as, an in, be as intentional about it as you would like to be or as I would like to be. Um, a while back, I shared a message uh, called the, the Good News Sandwich or the Gospel Sandwich, um, explaining some of the keys of how we can bring the good news to the world. If you happen to remember, the top bun of the sandwich was our life on display, and it included two different parts. Uh, the first part of our life on display was displaying attitudes and behaviors of somebody who has hope in Christ. And the second part of that life on display was that you're open about your Christianity. Even when you're not actively um, explaining it, you are open about it. You're transparent. You talk about the things that God is doing in your life, the things that you're reading, the, the things that uh, are happening in your, in your church, the, the way you're serving, anything that, that has to do with your faith, you're not hiding it. You're making it open. Um, we want to live a life where that uh, top bun, that's, that's the part people see, our life on display, it's evident that there's something going on there. So how are we doing at being a display, being a, 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 a life that displays Christ to the world around us? Um, Jesus said in Matthew 5, verse 14, it says, you are, a you are the light of the world, a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. There's a lot of room between uh, hiding your light underneath a basket and putting it up on a stand. When we're talking about the analogy of, of sharing our faith, there's a lot of room between having your light under a basket or kind of carrying it close or, you know, maybe putting it somewhere on the side, you know, of, of your life or whether it's taking it and holding it up high and looking for a place where it's needed. The, the, he says they put it on a lampstand where the people uh, in the house could use it to see. There was, there was a purpose to it. There's a purpose to us shining our light. And if we're not shining it in a place where the, it's making any difference, we need to find a new place. You know, There's a stand somewhere that our light can shine. Um, have we contemplated what gifts we have that God has given us? And have we looked around to see what are the needs of the people around us and how can we use those gifts to meet those needs in a way that we can have an opportunity to share this gospel sandwich with people who are hungry and need it?
And worship team, if you could come. So if you feel like me, if you feel a little bit convicted, <laughs> uh, I want you to remember two things. Uh, first, Colossians 3 says, uh, we, we, already read, uh, we already read this, but Colossians 3.10, it said, be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. It says, be renewed as you learn. This is a process. Um, God knows it's a process, and he's not going to give up on us. So we're not expected to be at perfection on day one, or even a day 100, or day 1,000. We're, we're continually going through this process. Secondly, there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. You're not going to be condemned because you made a mistake. We have received a mercy that goes well beyond any chance of condemnation. Um, No one before receiving new life and nobody after receiving this new life will ever live a perfect life. And Jesus' work on the cross accounted for this. And that leads us to the last new, which is new mercies. So uh, a completely kind of side note, last week I got a notification on my phone saying that, uh, and I don't remember getting this notification before, but it it said that I was almost out of my data. Um, And uh, and I thought this was kind of strange because, one, I'd I'd never seen this notification before. And secondly, I was pretty sure, and I think I'm, don't don't we have an unlimited data plan? So I don't really know why I'm getting this notification. I'm just, this is the first my wife is here, and we're just going to have a little conversation about our phone plan. Hope you don't mind. Um... (laughs) Uh, anyway, so when this happened, I started thinking about, uh, whether or not there would be any additional fees, you know, if I went over, you know, uh, and, and so as we move forward, we look at Lamentations, uh, it says the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies are fresh each morning. His mercies don't have a limit. I might have to worry about my cell phone minutes, or maybe I don't, apparently. But, uh, but his mercies have no limits. Praise God, we don't have to keep track of all the times that we fell short of God's perfection and then figure out whether or not we went over, you know, whether or not we have to pay some sort of penalty for our overages. His mercies are new every morning. And we've, we've received in Jesus an unlimited mercy plan. And why, why did we receive such an amazing gift? Because the faithful love of the Lord never ends. It never ends. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. Today, Scott led us in the remembrance of Jesus' body that was broken and his blood that was shed. And in those moments during communion, um, sometimes we might imagine what that looked like. What did Jesus look like when he was enduring the cross? What was the agony that he felt when he suffered in our place? I don't know if you, if you ever try and contemplate that during those moments. Sometimes it's, a, it's an image that you almost don't want to look at, you know? It's just, it's, it's hard to think about. When we let ourselves ponder that and consider the fact that he offered his life willingly and lovingly and 
And not only that, but he was completely innocent. It's not like he's like, well, I kind of deserve it anyways. He didn't deserve it at all. And he suffered it on our behalf. And it's in those moments that we start to comprehend the gravity and the weight of our sin, that our sin required that kind of punishment on an innocent person. And not only an innocent person, but God. He, he didn't just happen into that situation. God chose to leave his glory in heaven to come to earth knowing that the cross was his destination. That is the unfathomable mercy that the Father gave us through Jesus Christ. It's an act of mercy so great that the mercy given that day will reverberate through humanity for all time. It doesn't end. His mercies are new, continuing and continuing and continuing. So with that thought in mind, I have one last new, this is kind of a bonus new, as we prepare to close in worship, God can give us a new song. We can sing a new song to God. In the Psalms, several times there's references to the singer having a new song put in his mouth or God creating a new song in us. Um, in Revelation chapter 5, in response to Jesus kind of being worthy to open the seals on the scroll. I believe in God. They sang a new song of worship, declaring we know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last for long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things that we cannot see. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. We have an amazing gift ahead of us of a new earth and new bodies that we're going to have in the future. Um, we have a new life of fellowship with God that we can experience right now today. And when we mess up, which we will, Jesus provided in advance new mercies every morning. And if that doesn't fill your heart with a new song, I don't know what will. Go in the power of the Holy Spirit, bringing the good news of Jesus Christ for the glory of God. Amen. Amen.